Dedication, Address, and Prefaces to Master Humphrey's Clock This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Brad Philippone Dedication of Master Humphrey's Clock To Samuel Rogers, Esquire My dear sir, let me have my pleasures of memory in connection with this book by dedicating it to a poet whose writings, as all the world knows, are replete with generous and earnest feeling, and to a man whose daily life, as all the world does not know, is one of active sympathy with the poorest and humblest of his kind, your faithful friend, Charles Dickens. Address by Charles Dickens, April 4, 1840 Master Humphrey earnestly hopes, and is almost tempted to believe, that all degrees of readers, young or old, rich or poor, sad or merry, easy of amusement or difficult to entertain, may find something agreeable in the face of his old clock, that when they have made its acquaintance its voice may sound cheerfully in their ears, and be suggestive of none but pleasant thoughts that they may come to have favourite and familiar associations connected with its name and to look for it as a welcome friend from week to week then master humphrey will set his clock trusting that while it counts the hours it will sometimes cheat them of their heaviness and that while it marks the thread of time it will scatter a few slight flowers in the old mower's path until the specified period arrives and he can enter freely upon that confidence with his readers which he is impatient to maintain he may only bid them a short farewell and look forward to their next meeting preface to the first volume when the author commenced this work he proposed to himself three objects first to establish a periodical which should enable him to present under one general head, and not as separate and distinct publications, certain fictions that he had it in contemplation to write. Secondly, to produce these tales in weekly numbers, hoping that to shorten the intervals of communication between himself and his readers would be to knit more closely the pleasant relations that they had held for forty months. Thirdly, in the execution of this weekly task, to have as much regard as its exigencies would permit to each story as a whole, and to the possibility of its publication at some distant day apart from the machinery in which it had its origin. The characters of Master Humphrey and his three friends, and the little fancy of the clock, were the results of these considerations. When he sought to interest his readers in those who talked and read and listened, he revived Mr. Pickwick and his humble friends, not with any intention of reopening an exhausted and abandoned mine, but to connect them in the thoughts of those whose favourites they had been with the tranquil enjoyments of Master Humphrey. It was never the intention of the author to make the members of Master Humphrey's clock active agents in the stories they are supposed to relate. Having brought himself in the commencement of his undertaking to feel an interest in these quiet creatures, and to imagine them in their chamber of meeting, eager listeners to all he had to tell, the author hoped, as authors will, to succeed in awakening some of his own emotion in the bosoms of his readers. 
imagining master humphrey in his chimney-corner resuming night after night the narrative say of the old curiosity shop picturing to himself the various sensations of his hearers thinking how jack redburn might incline to poor kit and perhaps lean too favourably even towards the lighter voices of mr richard swiveller how the deaf gentleman would have his favourite and mr miles his and how all these gentle spirits would trace some faint reflection in their past lives in the varying currents of the tale he has insensibly fallen into the belief that they are present to his readers as they are to him and has forgotten that like one whose vision is disordered he may be conjuring up bright figures when there is nothing but empty space the short papers which are to be found at the beginning of the volume were indispensable to the form of publication and the limited extent of each number as no story of length or interest could be begun until the clock was wound up and fairly going the author would fain hope that there are not many who would disturb master humphrey and his friends in their seclusion who would have them forego their present enjoyments to exchange those confidences with each other the absence of which is the foundation of their mutual trust for when their occupation is gone when their tales are ended and but their personal histories remain the chimney-corner will be growing cold and the clock will be about to stop for ever one other word in his own person and he returns to the more grateful task of speaking for those imaginary people whose little world lies within these pages it may be some consolation to those well-disposed ladies and gentlemen who in the interval between the conclusion of his last work and the commencement of this originated a report that he had gone raving mad to know that it spread as rapidly as could be desired and was made the subject of considerable dispute not as regarded the fact for that was as thoroughly established as the duel between sir peter teazle and charles surface in the school for scandal but with reference to the unfortunate lunatic's place of confinement one party insisting positively on bedlam another inclining favourably towards st luke's and a third swearing strongly by the asylum at hanwell while each backed its case by circumstantial evidence of the same excellent nature as that brought to bear by sir benjamin backbite on the pistol-shot which struck against the little bronze bust of shakespeare over the fireplace grazed out of the window at a right angle and wounded the postman who was coming to the door with a double letter from northamptonshire it will be a great affliction to these ladies and gentlemen to learn and he is so unwilling to give pain that he would not whisper the circumstance on any account did he not feel in a manner bound to do so in gratitude to those amongst his friends who were at the trouble of being angry at the absurdity that their inventions made the author's home unusually merry and gave rise to an extraordinary number of jests of which he will only add in the words of the good vicar of wakefield i cannot say whether we had more wit among us than usual but i am sure we had more laughing devonshire terrace york gate september eighteen forty preface to the second volume an author says fielding in his introduction to tom jones ought to consider himself not as the gentleman who gives a private or eleemosynary treat but rather as one who keeps a public ordinary to which all persons are welcome for their money 
men who pay for what they eat will insist on gratifying their palates however nice and whimsical these may prove and if everything is not agreeable to their taste will challenge a right to censure to abuse and to damn their dinner without control to prevent therefore giving offence to their customers by any such disappointment it hath been usual with the honest and well-meaning host to provide a bill of fare which all persons may peruse at their first entrance into the house and having thence acquainted themselves with the entertainment which they may expect may either stay and regale with what is provided for them or may depart to some other ordinary better accommodated to their taste in the present instance the host or author in opening his new establishment provided no bill of fare sensible of the difficulties of such an undertaking in its infancy he preferred that it should make its own way silently and gradually or make no way at all it has made its way and is doing such a thriving business that nothing remains for him but to add in the words of the good old civic ceremony now that one dish has been discussed and finished and another smokes upon the board that he drinks to his guests in a loving cup and bids them a hearty welcome devonshire terrace london march eighteen forty one